0: Hello, welcome to the Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards podcast for the week of August 26, 2013. This is episode 205, and I am Chris Bevelo, president of Interval, or the healthcare marketing firm that puts on the podcast. Joining me in studio today are Uh,
1: Adam Meyer, creative director at Interval,
2: and Katie Streeter, content marketing specialist at Interval.
1: Hello again. Hey. Hello. This is deja vu all over again. Yeah, it is.
2: We're not sitting in the same spots, though. Oh, damn it.
1: <laughs> I think Katie's Kate on the opposite side of the
2: I, table. I, like, am not... A- I feel like I'm not a creature of habit. I always mix things up. Like you this. are a <laughs> rebel.
0: Sometimes you're on that side of the table. No, you're on and that. Sometimes side. you're on that side. It's crazy. <gasps> you, just,
1: you chose the right side today because yeah. Are you blind? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sun. We've got a oh, building right across the street from us, and the once the sun is at this mm-hmm. angle, it is hard to sit right here. It's blinding. It is. Well, I yes. Have to, Rays of a thousand suns blasting me in the face. <laughs> so you're, you're
0: probably wondering what we're talking about. This is going to be a reprise of uh, a podcast that was recorded two weeks ago and then accidentally, Adam accidentally stuck it in the microwave and hit popcorn <laughs> setting and it fried it.
1: Yeah, so. Apparently the new MacBook Airs don't like our audio interface because it recorded our whole show a static all over every track. So it was kind of unusable. Yeah.
0: So we're going to repeat the content in here. We'll try to capture the recapture the magic because like we said before, it was probably the best podcast we've ever recorded. On yeah, so many levels. Good. Yeah. We'll we'll do our best. A so bit of a bummer. um some updates. Don't forget Shushmid's coming up. Pert near a month away now. We're gonna be all over Shushmid. We gotta come up with a different metaphor every time. I've already said like stink on a pig and like, and you said something else white Eddie? on race. Wine on rice. We're going to be all over Shushmid like Randy Moss over a parking ticket.
2: What? Oh, I, I, Sorry,
0: that was really bad. I, was I don't the spot. Understand <laughs> it. He didn't, I don't think he even got a parking ticket. That's not what made him famous. What? Did he get famous for I don't know. That was such a bad a, reference, and it wasn't even jerk. funny. Gosh, just scratch that. Let's start over. So let's stick this with one the in rape. the microwave, too. What?
2: Didn't he get in trouble for raping?
0: No! Wow, now we really need to start over. What are you talking about?
1: <laughs> I guess the wrong football player.
0: Randy Moss was okay. never let's, accused of any such let's crime. Move on. Let's be clear. <laughs> wow. Holy cow. Well, the magic is back. <laughs> All right, so we are going to be at Shush Mid. Uh, Well, biggest, best way is we're going to have an exhibit for the first time ever in Interval's 18-year history. And that exhibit shall be a live broadcasting of this very podcast throughout the conference, okay. which is just going to be so cool. I can't even wait for that. So we, um, we're we just going to cover all kinds of fun things. We're going to have contests. We're going to have guest uh, speakers or hosts who join us. So please let us know. Email Katie at Katie, which is K-A-T-I-E, Katie at thinkinterval.com if you'd like to be slotted in. We've already got a few guests lined up. Uh, We want to get that thing populated. We're going to leave some open for some spontaneous sit-ins, but we want to get as many people as we can in there. So let us know. Uh, I will be speaking at the conference along with Melissa Tizon on brand architecture strategies for new ventures like ACOs and partnerships and affiliations. Oh, my. And, of course, branding at the bar. Monday night Mm -hmm. will be the highlight of the season, Yes, the highlight of the social season as it always is (laughs) stuff to win trivia contest. We have four sponsors this year, every year people just want a piece of this. We let somebody else in. So we got Mm -hmm. medicom, we got eruptor and we have tea leaves for the first time. Welcome to the tea leaves folks.
1: Although they do, they have historically been there to hang out and have fun. Oh yes. Which they are very good at doing.
0: Yes. Now they just want to be paid. They want to pay to be part of it. I'm not sure I understand that. They could have just been there anyway. (laughs) But we love that they're with us. So any other updates? I don't think so. I think that's it for now. Okay. So we got one uh, nice thick marketing topic. And this is a blog post that our old friend Dan Dunlop wrote. Uh, And and there's all kinds of ways to come at this. Um, Initially, I came across this through Reagan's Uh, Healthcare Communication News, -news e-newsletter, which comes out, email, whatever you want to call it, comes out every day. Uh, And it got me all riled up. The title of it is Forget ROI, Think Return on Community. And the subhead says, this author argues that healthcare marketing is more than just money. Uh, And then it goes on to take a clip from Dan's actual blog post. And so... um, when I read this, I was, you know, storming around, stomping my feet, saying, well, "I don't know this." <laughs> and then I'm like, you know, like we always always get in a trap of, I do reacting to something and then going, maybe we should read the original source material. Maybe, <laughs> well, maybe there's more there. I don't know. Okay. So we actually pulled up Dan's blog post, which is on his healthcare marketer blog, um, and lo and behold, his point is a little different. So his title is called – so let's start with the actual meat. His his post is called Return on Community in Healthcare, and this is how it starts. At a time when many healthcare marketing pundits are emphasizing the importance of measuring and reporting ROI, I believe it's time for us to embrace the concept of return on community. Not that ROI isn't important. It is. But ROI does not help communication professionals and hospital administrators understand the significant changes that need to take place in healthcare marketing – for us to establish relevance with the connected consumer. The world has changed and healthcare marketing has not kept pace. We are currently facing a crisis of relevance. So, when I read that, I do have a couple of issues, but overall, and when I read his whole post, I agree with what he's saying. Right. It goes on and it talks about what he means by community and the idea of return on community. I think uh, if there's anything I'd have to say about Dan's actual intent in his post, it would be. Uh, I don't, I'm don't. i probably one of the pundits maybe that he's referring to because I harp on ROI all the time. Uh, it, it's been so difficult to get people to actually pay attention to and understand ROI, and we still have a long ways to go. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm always nervous when I see anything that says, let's just put that aside and focus over here instead. Um, and he's not even saying put it aside and don't worry about it anymore. He's just saying we should also worry about this. So I guess the only peeve I have in that is trying to equate return on community with return on investment, like they're equals or the same thing. They're really not. Right. right.
1: They don't. They don't compete. They, they don't are, compete. They are, they are different things. Right. One is the one is really the outcome of the other. I mean, you're, you, should, you should. Yes. Yeah. You should be measuring your. You know, you can call it return on community. You can call it branding. You can call it. You know, you could probably call it a, a host of things. But you know, in the end, it's 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 building your reputation around you know what you want to be known for or known as in your community or in your in your service area so i mean it's, it's all the things you do all the things you do with community outreach with the messages you put out there um you know and really when it comes down to it the services you deliver in your organization i mean that's if you want to talk about that's branding basically well so and what,
0: he i think he's talking specifically about building communities of interest right I and mean, that's what he means by return on community at least that's what he says in here. So it's even more specific
1: than I think. What you're in his to. in his post or in, in his post, yeah. Right now, is his post? Does it mirror the content of the Reagan post, or is it?
0: Well, this is what Reagan does. I mean, Reagan typically takes um, contributions from authors. They used to do this with me too, and I've stopped doing it. Not because I don't like Reagan, but just because I don't <laughs> I don't write enough blog posts anymore. Um, and they take a chunk of it, and basically, um, it's not like it's not like a Buzzfeed. Or a or a dig where they give you the headline and they give you a little blurb and then it links you to the actual content. Right. They pretty much copy and paste content in there, so all the SEO essentially is going to them, unless you get all the way to the bottom and feel like what you've read isn't enough. They give you everything you need in the article itself in the in the health in the Reagan article. So, um, I mean, that's a the strategy they have for building for building SEO, no, undoubtedly.
1: Um, I'm sure they. They. I mean, they've got to get permission from the author to. to
0: oh yes. To do oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. They do.
2: The author probably submits it. Not always.
0: Not always. Okay. They, but they do. They do get permission from the author. Absolutely. Now, this is where it gets sticky. So we can get back to to Dan's main point. Um, but where it gets sticky is like this happens in the newspaper world. A lot of people don't know it, or even in any publishing world, where you've got a reporter or an author who writes a story. They don't always write the headline. The right. editor writes the headline. Right. And you got to be careful with that, especially in our world where you may provide content, but somebody else provides the headline if it's misleading. So when you read from Reagan that their headline is, forget ROI, think return on community, that's not what Dan's saying. In right. fact, he comes right out and says, I'm not saying it's not important. It is right. important. Right? He's not saying forget ROI. This is what we would call... What, Adam, this is a term that you have made me become very aware of. Link baiting. Link bait. So describe what we mean by link bait for those who aren't aware.
1: Uh, well, this is this is link bait. I mean, this is this is kind of a poster child situation for what link baiting is. It's when you, you set you set up an expectation within the headline that often has a component of like being dramatic or just being like Sometimes not even sometimes anti the point that's being yes. proven misleading in, in the article it's just it's misleading and sometimes very much so other times yeah just a little bit and sometimes you know it's it's you know we we talked about this a little bit on the on the, the previous show too the one that that, that you know kicked the kick the can or bit mm-hmm. the what's the term bit the can bit the can kick, kick the, the dust. dust kick the bucket kick the bucket kick the, the, dust. Bit bit the, the dust bit the dust bit the can oh my god <laughs> trying to screw you up. <laughs> National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation when he says... Terrible. Burn... Terrible movie. Burn dust. Eat
0: my rubber. Uh, (laughs) Now, wait. Before you go to your point, because I know where you're going, just to clarify, link baiting isn't done just to be misleading. That's not not what we mean. No, no. It's often misleading. It's to pull people in. thank you. It's to pull people in. Sensationalized, um, contrarian, something that's going to catch your eye. That's the point of it. So forget ROI. Certainly catches your eye. Right. It caught my eye. Yeah. If if the if the headline had been Dan's, no offense to Dan, but if his headline had been return on community and healthcare, I probably wouldn't have even stopped. Right. But right. forget ROI makes me go, What?
1: Yeah, so that's link baiting. And it's a it's a problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially now. I mean, last week we talked a little bit about BuzzFeed, and you know, they're kind of in a sense, masters of that to some degree, although typically their they're headlines, their headlines. Baiters. Their head- <laughs> Huh? Oh huh? Give it, up, give it up. Give it up. I like it. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, and I think um. we have a show title. Uh, no. Link I going to be Link a good Baders. one. Master Link Baiters. Yeah, Master Link Baiters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I forgot where I was Okay, moving. well, here, I'll help you out. <laughs> one of the
0: things we talked about last time is this has inadvertently happened to us. So we go through on at least a monthly basis, if not more frequently, and look at our websites, look at our blogs, look at our metrics. And one of the blog posts that has continually popped up as the most um, visited (coughs) is a blog post that I wrote, I believe in 2007. So it's like six years old. And the title is Marketing Hospitals is Stupid. All right. Now, That was not written to be misleading. That was not written to kind of like catch your attention. That was literally the quote that was the basis for the the post, which was like a VP of business development who had said to our clients, VP of marketing, anybody who spends any time or money trying to market a hospital is wasting their time. It's stupid. Marketing hospitals is stupid. The only way you build volume in business is through physician acquisition, mergers, that type of thing. And so the point of the post was that's uh, not accurate. I disagree with that. Right. But the quote was exactly what somebody said. Right. So it wasn't like – but I think a lot of people see that and think the post is going to be about exactly. advocating that, that marketing novels are stupid. Right.
1: So it's, it's, it's link baiting, though it's – Unintentional. You know, it's unintentional. Unintentional,
0: master, link, link baiting. baiting. <laughs>
1: Is that even possible? I don't think so. That's usually a pretty deliberate effort. Yes, it is. That's
0: one. That's definitely a, a part of it. It has to be deliberate. Yes. Okay. So, did you remember what you were going to say now? now I have no idea. <laughs> so anyway, so here's here's a little. This is good. Now karma has helped us because before when we when we recorded this and it bit the can. Uh, we had not talked to Dan. We were going to reach out to him, but we kind of worked our way through all these opinions live in the recording, right? And kind of came to the realization that day that maybe Dan didn't intend this, and you know. And so I actually talked to Dan via Twitter this week, and I said, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna address your blog post on return returning community." Um, and he was concerned that we'd be nice to him. To what I said, <laughs> we're always nice. Um, and I, I got. We got to the point of where I said, you know, we agree, but we kind of disagree. I said, in essence, I still think you should strive for ROI, ROI even with ROC. Is that okay? And he said, we agree. I think ROI is necessary and a big part of ROC. Never said it wasn't. Reagan put a headline on my post: "Quote, forget ROI." Because earlier he was concerned. He's like, which one are you reading? Are you reading the Reagan one? Or are you reading <laughs> my, my original one? Um, and I acknowledged that, hey, we had picked up on that, uh, and he said, "Sweet because they definitely twisted my message, and they took my chapter and cut it up so actually, his post was part of his upcoming book, mm-hmm. and so they kind of chopped it but that 's
1: unfortunately <laughs> what happens when you agree to let people yeah you kind of give up control, line. yeah, yeah, you know, and the other thing we talked about a little bit too in the in the last in that episode was um really the the roles of of marketing. And by definition, I mean, this is something that I think we go to often as, you know, as, as our kind of stance on, on marketing and its role. in in this industry is that, well, it's, it's role in any industry. I mean, by definition, if you're, if you're in, if you're working in marketing, you're really kind of, you're about finding ways to build business properly in your market. You know, what is your market after, um, right. what are the, the services you provide and, 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 it's, and it all comes down to driving business the bottom line and, in utilization. So, with, in that regard, I have a little bit of a beef with really coming at marketing's responsibility for being, at least being set up as like the sole. Drivers of of the the efforts that go on with the return with with within this return on community subject. Well, because he addresses really, it, there's, right, and there's I mean, there's so much more. Right, right, right. And, and Read read Dan's article. Yes. Um, but I mean, it's it's not just marketing. I mean, obviously there are so many who play a huge role in that, from your foundation to you know other community outreach to you know philanthropists if, if you have any within your organization. Right. I mean, it, there's so much that goes into that. I mean, marketing plays a role, but I don't, they can't be expected to be like central to that because that would take them away from what they're really supposed to be Mm -hmm. doing.
0: It's, it is a, uh, a fundamental contradiction that rarely gets addressed when you think about, compare the marketing efforts of a hospital to the communication efforts of a government group or a, a charitable organization, right? So let's say the, the message is we want to cure diabetes, Right. So the charitable organization or the government group wants to cure diabetes. They don't want people to suffer. They want the disease to go away. They want people to stay out of the health system. Mm -hmm. Healthcare or a hospital marketer would also like that outcome, but in its essence, a hospital can't actually Mm -hmm. strive to drive all disease and injury out of the way. It can't, in the end, be about keeping people away from organization. If the result of that is the death of the organization. Right. Right. I mean, it just can't be that it's gotta be more about, Hey, we want to prevent it, but if you have it, we want to help you with it. We want to help you prevent it. You know, you want to be an educator. You want to be talking about wellness. You want all those things, but there is a fundamental conflict in there. And that if you could wave a magic wand as a charitable organization and make it go away, make all disease go away you would, I think if you were a hospital marketer, you would do that too, mm-hmm. but then you'd be out of a job. So mm-hmm. how do you, how does a health, how does a hospital reconcile that, especially these days with reform and population health management, that mission of trying to keep people out of its rooms mm-hmm. right? with, well, but we also have to be able to serve people mm-hmm. and there's a, mm-hmm. there's tension there. So interesting stuff. Yes. All right. Do we cover that? I think so. Okay. Enough said. So he's not so bad, Dan. (laughs) Nice. We'll still reach out to him and see if he'd like to respond. Maybe he can respond next month.
2: On the podcast. Yep. Yeah.
0: All right. So now we're going to talk about our favorite websites. Yes. So this was the part that got us all jazzed.
2: Yeah.
0: We often talk about on this show our favorite advertising, yet... We also go out of our way to convince people not to waste their money on TV and print advertising unless it's absolutely (laughs) necessary. So there's a little bit of disconnect there, (laughs) right? right? But we just love it. We love ads. I mean, who doesn't? Yeah. But we also love websites. Mm -hmm. So we have our favorite website. So we want to go around again and talk about them one at a time. (laughs) Sure. Katie can start. Yep.
2: Oh. Okay. Did we do me first last time? I think that we did a different. direction.
0: What's our Twitter handle? Pound ahmb. Yes. Okay.
2: Okay, um, so my first one is Etsy, which, yes. if you're not familiar with Etsy, it's, I think, I would be best described as like a um, cooler eBay. Is that a kind of a good way to describe it? Yeah,
1: I think so, because chances are you'd probably find a lot of the people on Etsy also on eBay. Yeah, that's probably because true. Because it's a good, another good storefront, but yes. Etsy is way, it's just cooler. It I, is cooler. I, I think that's not very nice to eBay.
2: I don't really like. It. I think eBay. Ugh.
1: Oh, I don't oh
0: know. what don't you like about eBay? Is it just know. gross? It's like the your like <laughs> old like gross neighbor who's been around well, I, for a while. It's, it's kind of slovenly gross. and. <laughs> Not really fit and wears stinky I clothes. I wouldn't
2: go on eBay to buy anything. It wouldn't. It would probably be my last place that I would think to go. Well, why? I don't know why. I have a negative perception of it, and I don't. Well, that's fair. I don't I'm not saying you shouldn't. I don't think I have a reasoning
1: for it. eBay has a history that I mean, eBay has kind of like Craigslist. eBay has a it does have a little bit of history of, yeah. of shadiness. Yeah. And Etsy is newer. It's cooler. Yes. It's kind of. I mean, I'm sure Katie's going to get to this, but it's much more specific in terms yes. of what's on it. And it's just, um, it doesn't have the stigma.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it is, it's cooler and it has more of a, like a local um, artist, designer, crafter feel to it. So Etsy kind of serves as like a, I guess what you said, a storefront for all these different people who have these own businesses, whether that be, you know, they can make wedding dresses for way less cheaper than you would find in a boutique wedding store, or you could go and buy um, some Uh, prints of an art piece that you want to get framed or really, like, anything. Um, There's a lot of different things on Etsy. A lot of it's really cool. Some of it's really tacky. Um, So really crafty. And what I like about it is you can really find anything, and you can find, like, those neat different things, like for decorating your house or an interesting piece of clothing. Um, And they're all just local artists and... Crafters and sewers and all of that, and the the site has a pretty good design to it, and then it also has an awesome app as well. Um, so yeah. it's just easy to navigate and pretty fun. Sure. And their,
1: even even their mobile website, aside from their app, is just awesome. I yes. think it's it's an example of a mobile e-commerce site done yes properly.
0: This is the quirkiest crap I've ever seen.
1: What
2: are
0: you gonna? <laughs> the very first thing? No, the Etsy? very first thing on trending items is a two pennants. One says I love you, the other says I know. Who knows that reference? I don't. Yeah, this is before you were born. <laughs> Adam, this was the year you were born. Actually, no, this was the second movie.
1: Oh, from Star Wars? Yeah. That's Empire Strikes Leia.
0: Back. Where Empire where Princess Leia says I love you and Han Solo says I know. I know. And and the title of this item is Star Wars Pennant Flags.
2: <laughs> well, like I said, some things are tacky. But <laughs> On mine, I have leather artist journal, and it's very pretty. Or a eye ceramic pencil holder, and it has eyes all over it in an artistic way. <laughs> or a vintage '60s flower ceramic mug.
1: It's cool stuff, it and yeah, yeah, it is. I know I'm not, I'm not
0: making fun of it at all. Okay. That's what I mean. It's just very, very quirky and unique.
2: Yes, it is unique.
0: And yep. it's also designed a
1: very it, well. Yeah.
0: It feels like you're yeah. walking into like a, boutique. St- like a little boutique.
1: Yeah. 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 That's the thing. I mean, a totally different vibe from eBay. Well,
0: eBay feels like a boutique. I don't know what uh, you guys are talking about. Do you actually like eBay? <laughs> I've never used you
1: eBay. i
2: the devil's advocate. i, bought, I, I, mean buy, devil's advocate,
1: I totally. I've purchased a lot of stuff on eBay. But eBay is where I would go to buy like used, cheap used mobile phones for yeah. like testing when we're doing mobile development. Um, like paper straws, that's the first thing that comes yeah. up on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> that's the way you came
2: up for you. I'm getting yeah. all these sunglasses.
1: Yeah. Oh, paper it, it, straws. eBay, I've seen that eBay now looks a heck of a lot better than it did even a year yeah, ago. Yeah, it does. They it really does. have cleaned yeah. up the, the, the look and feel of the site. Yeah, it looks like Etsy. Amazon's come a long way as well. All right, so Adam, what's yours? Uh, my site is Diggs dig.com. Uh I was a big dig user back when dig was different than it is now. It was more of a community driven uh, resource before. Kind of like Reddit. Reddit and dig are used to be They used to just like be these two crowds that butt, butted heads. But it was really all about content sharing and content kind of not only really say curating cuz curate, curated by the users anyway cuz the whole point was that you would submit stuff and then um, to the community and then it would get dug up or it would get buried. And then the stuff that got dug up would get would go to the top and it would be like the featured content on dig dot com um, the problem with their previous model is that some users had got, got who had gained had started to gain way too much control over the system and were able to were too way too influential on what went to the top um so uh, the old dig kind of came tumbling down and somebody rebuilt it and made it much simpler. Um, I'm not even sure exactly how the, the content uh, curation that happens happens, um, but you still can dig things. There's no more burying things, um, but it's a great place to just find interesting content to read. Uh, you know, unlike going to CNN.com where there's these different sections of of news, you know what you're going to find kind of in any, in any one of them dig is just, it can be very random stuff, but almost always very, very interesting. Um, mm-hmm. And they, they themselves, again, kind of like we were talking about with, with uh, you know, our, our, first topic today, they themselves don't host this content. You know, they, they post a snippet of it and link back to the actual source of the content where you'll go to then read it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I very much just like the content that gets curated over there. Uh, the other thing that they did recently when Google reader uh, bit what was it bit the can is that what you're saying when, <laughs> when it kicked the bucket kicked the dust uh, when, when they pulled the plug i should say because that's kind of what google has a tendency to do uh <laughs> they pulled the plug on google reader which i used daily um dig stepped up and created a, a, a very nice simple clean rss reader that i, I like very much uh so i use them as my new rss service so having both of those things i and i used them before they integrated that so that was just one more thing that kind of uh was icing on the cake uh, in terms of of making sure they were one of my pinned tabs in in Chrome, uh, but it is um, so good stuff. So I'm just, I'm looking at Dig right now. Let's see what's on the the, very, the main headline. So the main headline now is it's a story from the New York Times. Uh, the God of SNL will see you now, pleasing, pleasing the God of comedy. So it looks like it's a story about Lauren Michaels and kind of how you get to probably how you land an audition for Saturday Night. So.
0: Set, um, at least it used to New York Times has a paywall, so if you get something from dig can you get behind the paywall or does it take your right? Uh, to the well paywall, the way that which would be well sucky. and this is
1: something I've run that's a good point that's something I've run into the way that the New York Times paywall is supposed to work supposed to work is that if you um, you can share links to content and somehow you get to go through the paywall um, either like a certain number of times or via the link if it's shared the right way um, so they've got some little mechanism for allowing you to get through it um, but not too much or too many times as as an individual um there have been times from dig where i have not gotten through their paywall based on the link that they've mm-hmm. provided so let's actually let's, let's test this one
0: i got through uh
1: i got yeah through as well so yeah i got through just fine that time so i see the whole story but that has bit me um more than once from dig yeah. uh that i was not able to get through. Um, so the other things that are up there right now, some of the other top stories, how Fukushima has gotten out of control in four charts. Uh, I think that's the power plant that is still underwater in Japan after this. Wow. Tsunami. Have you guys,
0: have you guys noticed that there
1: are now these very common headline
0: um, phrases and words that I see everywhere now? So the one you just said, how XYZ blank in one chart one chart or whatever it's always one chart that one I think you said it was four. there's another one that yep. says um, the most blank ever of whatever it is right is this the most what was like the most right. amazing right. Um, water
1: basketball
0: slam dunk
1: ever but so just trying to set something up as a an extreme it
0: just, yeah but it just annoys me because now I see it everywhere and it's like not all yeah. these can be the best ever right, right. and there's <laughs> other
1: ones like that but it's it's. well this kind of taps into that whole infographic yes. craze that mm-hmm. is a bit out of control and seriously people need to learn the definition so many things are insane. out there that are not in that are claimed to be infographics or not infographics
0: there's just common words like insane or insanely that's in all yeah, these headlines yeah. Um.
1: anyway John Stewart has some. He had something on that. He's he's probably ranted on that number a number of times. Probably.
0: Because
1: yeah, you know. see that a lot. I mean, even from. I mean, it's not even just from. You know the way that some a place like Dig would structure their titles, but you go I mean, you go to CNN and you see oh, terrible, terrible, terrible. Oh, I was actually like
2: just looking at CNN to see if I can find an example of a horrible
0: <laughs> one. But well, man, first of all, they gone down the drain. Oh my but god! CNN is like every time you go there the headline is like it's the, the hindenburg blew up or the pearl harbor or whatever yeah it's like gigantic right.
1: headline every single time and it's you're right. just like i thought cnn like like years ago was supposed to be supposed respected to be, yeah, like re- yeah. respected like the respected resource for journalism like it was, uh, what happened well what what, what happened <laughs> they,
0: they, they got killed by specialists so you get killed by Fox, and you get killed by MSNBC, yeah. all these that have more focused orientations Use of some kind. Right and they're supposed to be. I mean, I a lot of people say they're liberal, lamestream, whatever. But they're supposed to be mainstream. Uh, and so they just got picked apart by all these sure. more focused things. And now they're trying to like, you know, whenever they like read tweets online, I want to reach through the screen and punch them in the face. Yeah. And you know, like you're supposed to be journalism resource don't read tweets.
1: Oh God! Yeah,
0: yeah. Let's go check and see what's on Twitter right now. Here's Bob from Armpit who says, <laughs> "This
1: sucks." Thanks, Bob. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Sorry. You know, I, there's a great article that I read. No, oh, it was a while ago, maybe a year or two ago, about um, just about newspapers and how they used to be. Uh, they used to hang their hats on kind of le- on on their angle, their viewpoint. So if they were conservative or liberal, that just was. That was their thing, and you knew that, and you mm-hmm. knew which paper to read based on that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and so it's interesting to see that you know we that that the media tried to go you know central, unbiased, and I, there are some sources out there that I think are fairly fairly good about being unbiased. It, I mean, as a human writing about something, you're you're biased. You're going to have a bias, and it's going to come through no matter what. Um, but I don't know. It feels like we're going back to that polarization now versus
0: yeah.
1: trying to be unbiased. Because the
0: technology makes it happen. It makes yeah. It allows it.
1: Huh. Yeah. It's just interesting that that's where we seem to have started as well. Yes, that's true. All right. We only have time for one more. Mine.
0: We were pushing past 30. So yeah. mine is kind of a curveball. It's Domino's Pizza. Um, <laughs> I love it for many reasons. First of all, I love that I can order my pizza online. I know that sounds so basic, but there are just things where I do not want to interact oh, yeah, with people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and ordering pizza is one of my biggest pet peeves. Yeah. It's terrible.
1: Did you get the app yet? I haven't got you the app. You got to get the app. The app Why? really makes it easy. So much you're easier. Be you getting easier. Done Pull done it out, out of your pocket and bam, a couple taps and you're ordering <laughs> your nice. pizza. You can see all the coupons. They've got them listed there so you cool. make sure you're not paying full price for your large pepperoni and green olives. <laughs>
0: well, I like I like the fact that I can order online or through an app. I like that they make ordering a pizza very intuitive. It's got pictures of pizzas, yep. and when you press pepperoni half, it shows like half, half. the pizza with yep. pepperoni. You literally visualize it, and it's very smooth, and it operates great. But the thing I like the most about it is when you when you send in your order, they have the pizza tracker. And the pizza tracker literally is like a meter that shows – where your pizzas at you know like your pizza is going in the oven your pizza is coming out quality check your pizzas but they have a lot of fun with it so first of all it'll literally have like the names of people tony's put your pizza in the oven you know and then it's got that uh, so you can you can skin your pizza meter with one of like eight different uh, motifs and the one i use is the one adam one. just played which is heavy metal yo pizza Let's there see if go. any get to play. Oh,
1: there's the the concussion mortars firing up. Oh, there's some lightning coming in. Come on. They, oh, some more they can't hear, they
0: can't hear though.
1: I know I'm trying to – I'm just letting Your it go. Is in the oven and it
0: is. <laughs> <laughs> so that's been my favorite forever. Last time I branched out and I actually picked this like tropical one and it had this parrot. That was just like sitting on a, <laughs> a beach chair, just like dancing back and forth. And it was like a Caribbean voice. We got your pizza going, Mon. That's not Caribbean, but it was hilarious. It made me laugh. So,
1: is there like a cheerleader one too, I think? I don't know favorites. what they all are, but it's, they're, good. they're good. They're funny.
0: So it actually makes ordering a pizza um, quite enjoyable. Yeah.
2: And I just Googled if Domino's is the first to do it, because I know there's lots of copycats. And they released their news release about it in 2008, which is longer ago than oh. I thought it was. And it says, Domino's launches revolutionary customer tool, Pizza Tracker. And it's... um. With with the TM. What is that? Trademark? TM trademark. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Too much. Maybe they are the first people.
0: Maybe. We have seen it somewhere else. So before we close, I've been trying to tweet. I'm trying to get back into Twitter. I didn't read the part of the Dan Dunlop conversation where he gives me crap after after we've gone back and forth like fifteen minutes, he's like, "Hey, this is cool. I didn't know you were on Twitter because <laughs> I just rarely go on there." So while we were doing this, I actually tweeted out that we were talking about our favorite um, favorite websites. And Tony Barlow responded, who's a he's a a long time listener with his favorite. He had TechCrunch, Mashable, Pandora, MLB, which is Baseball dot com, Yahoo Fantasy Sports, Hootsuite, and Google And I said. <laughs> Um, wow, that's – that's. I said, wow, I don't visit any of those. That, that's really sad. And he said, ha, huh, don't be. I live a pretty pathetic life. I'm sure yours is much more enriching. What are yours? And then I put, dominoes, ouch. <laughs> so anyway. you got some good stuff. Thanks for Tony funny. for listening in.
1: I will say I, I used to follow Mashable. I still go there on occasion, but – There's just, uh, it got, Mashable got way too noisy for me. I don't Mm -hmm. know what it is and too much crap. Like they'll, and they'll just, they'll put like, like when Steve Jobs died, for example, it's probably good maybe, maybe not the best example, but it's like they try to look at it from every possible angle Mm -hmm. just so they can get Steve Jobs died in, in every, you know, in a friggin' 50 titles in a row on there. It's, it's, they annoy me with some of their link baiting and their just general content strategies, but they also have some good stuff on every now and again. I think that kind of started to go downhill. All
0: right, Are we ready to sign off? Did we capture the recapture the magic? I think we got almost all of the points in that we got before. Oh. Just pinch my skin. Oh, oh, That hurts. All right. Oh, poor healthcare marketing. No, what is it? Arrogant, <laughs> arrogant healthcare marketing bastards. That's podcast. correct. guys? that's a mouthful. This is Chris Bevelo.
1: Adam Meyer.
2: And Katie Streeter.
0: We will talk at you next week. We are dead level one!